Today I'll be speaking with Eva Ivanova. She is a senior business intelligence analyst at Sotheby's. She's from Sofia in Bulgaria, where she has spent most of her time in the last year. She studied at Sotheby's Institute of Art and London School of Economics, as well as Queen Mary University, all in London. So hi, Eva, thank you for coming. Um, so I'll, I'll start to ask you, from the beginning what you know what did you study you're from bulgaria what did you what did you do in uni did you start uni in bulgaria or do you went straight away abroad um hi martin thank you so much for this invite uh it's really nice to hear from you and to take part of this um well i kind of started my life in london right after high school um i was uh, i studied high school in sofia And right after I left for London to do economics and finance. So that was um, a three-year course. And I did a master's right after in LSE uh, on management and governance. So there was not that much art going on in my life at that stage. Uh, but for an 18-year-old in London, there was plenty of things to discover and plenty of new friendships to make. So it was a very interesting and um maybe a little bit stressful, but also very rewarding time um, in my life. I can imagine. And why, why did you choose to go to London? Why, why, what, how, how did it come about? Did you, you know, did you come up with the idea, oh, I want to go abroad and London is a good place because I speak well English and all these things? Or You know, these are all the reason, reasonable answers that one should have for <laughs> choosing that city. Uh, but in my case, it was a little bit more of a teenage uh, I wouldn't call it rebellion, but a decision that, you know, my parents were more pro me going to continental Europe. And I was thinking, hmm, London sounds better. I would prefer to go there. So it wasn't necessarily because uh, of the city itself, because I wasn't that attracted to how grand this place was. I only found out when I got there, uh, but it was more because, you know, someone else wanted something else for me. And I thought, no, I want to do this because i think it sounds great for me right now but i felt like this was the right choice after and thank god for that but uh it was also a, another reason perhaps a little bit you know immature also but you know when you're 18 you, you make these sort of decisions um a lot of my friends went there to to study and i felt like i would be a bit more protected and supported if i have um, acquaintances around me so both of these things and also you know the university that i was applying for they were really great at the time and i really felt like if i get in there it would be a great achievement um so yeah i think this is how it this is how it went and i was really really lucky to find great friends from the very beginning and uh, to have a really i wouldn't call it successful but very interesting uh start of my personal and professional endeavors in this great city <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. And and then you finished your courses and then what did you do after? Did you start working? Did you do some internships? Um, yes, as one does uh, when you study economics or finance or anything mm -hmm. numbers related in London, you are always looking for an internship. And this is what happened in my case. I did a short one uh, in my semi-ultimate summer uh, in university, which was in finance. And right after uh, I graduated from my master's degree, I was also keen to get a job as soon as possible. After all, you know, London is a city where 
you you do need some sort of a steady income to survive. Um, so this was one of the reasons why I took uh, the job that I was offered um, in in a consulting firm, uh, in an audit firm actually. Um, mm-hmm. And that was something that I felt I should do to to get me going in life, you know, to to get started. And hand on heart, I would say this was probably not my first choice. And that showed early on because uh, six months later, I didn't find the motivation I needed to continue with this job. So uh, I left, I quit. Um, And that was indeed the period that formed my uh, later decisions in life and perhaps this is why I'm here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did quit this job right after, um, six months after I started. And then I had a few months, perhaps even more than a year to to explore different internships, to perhaps think what I want to do with my life after that. Um, in that brief time, I also worked for uh, the Bulgarian embassy in London for a bit. Um, in the same time, I was doing a an Italian course because at that time I decided that you know I would like to learn another foreign language. Uh, I worked in the European Commission briefly for an internship, and as all of these things were happening, now the timeline is a bit fuzzy. But uh, I also did um, a course with Sotheby's Institute of Art, and the reason why I chose this course was because I thought I would learn a lot more about art, which was something that was interesting to me for and, a long and time. why was it interesting what, what how did you come with that interest come up with that interest great, great question you know i thought about this a lot uh in in the years to follow uh my completion of the course and i always it, it was a subconscious decision you know um because art was always around me um in my family um mm-hmm. uh my my parents are I wouldn't call them collectors in the most traditional sense of that word, because when you collect art, you, you, you go international, um, you perhaps, you know, explore different, um, different countries, different regions of art. So my, my family does collect art, but it is mainly from the region. Most of our art uh, in the house is Bulgarian, uh, from Bulgaria. So one thing that I want to say is that perhaps, um, in my head, in my soul, there was always a, a space for art, but I was just never brave enough to, to explore it. So I had that time on my hands uh, in these couple of 18 months, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, where I was between jobs. So I felt like, A, I will definitely learn more about the subject that is of great interest to me. B, I am bound to meet some interesting and motivated people who are um keen to to explore more the art scene and, and perhaps why not something will come out of that um career-wise at that stage i was ready to explore i i was really happy to to move away from <laughs> as bad as it sounds to move away from all the things i studied in uni <laughs> but that's what happens sometimes when you grow up uh, you find that your heart is in a different place and, and you try to follow it as much as you can but I guess the, the things you study in uni gave you also a good basis for Absolutely. what you're doing now and what, you know, the, the Sotheby's course and all these things also probably shaped a bit your outlook of the uh, art world too, I guess, maybe gave you a more practical sense what would be feasible mm-hmm. or not or what. what absolutely. You yeah. No, you're absolutely right to say that everything you, you learn com- uh, comes together and shapes your understanding of the world in one way or another. But for uh, for 
Sotheby's, yes, it definitely gave me a lot more exposure um, to the actual art world. Uh, we did used to visit a lot of galleries and art shows and um, a lot of people who used to participate in the art world, such as, you know, uh, lecturers, lawyers, um, people from art galleries, they used to share their experience with us. So these sort of, um, I would say, lectures and events did give us, uh, give me uh, in particular, uh, much better ideas to how the, this world works, uh, what is it to be expected and how you can position yourself and uh, basically a much better understanding of, of everything. Um, and obviously, as a student in, in the Institute and doing this course, um, I have to say it sooner or later, it was bound to happen that uh, auction houses came, came into our view and into our lives. So, so how does an auction house work? What do they do? How does the business uh, move forward? What is art in an auction house? And, and then, hence, uh, for a young person who doesn't not only have an interest into the art world, but an interest into a job, um, once the uh, the career office and your tutors present the opportunity of having an internship in one of uh, these auction houses, of course you jump to it. Uh, at least in my case, that was the case. And um, and yeah, uh, the, uh, I was offered an internship into uh, Sobis in 2012 already. Okay. Oh my God, it is crazy when you say it out loud. It's almost <laughs> any horrible um and at, at that time i um i was also offered that internship in the european commission which i chose to do and postpone my uh, soft base one which i could do at the time things were way more flexible uh, back in the day it, i know that uh, there was way more structure now to hiring into um into not only auction houses, but yes, everywhere in the art world. Um, so I started with Sotheby's the year of, I think 2012 in the, in, in the autumn. Yes, I started with the valuations department as an intern and things uh, moved on from there, but I guess, I guess you would have a question for me, so I will. <laughs> no, yeah, and then, yeah. then you, I guess you liked it and then you stayed on and then how did it evolve from there? So you did your internship, I guess you quite enjoyed it. What type of evaluations did you do? Like every type of art or was it specific department or? No, absolutely. Um, the way that the valuations department used to work at the time um, was that they, they were taking care of general valuations. Um, so the large uh, valuations of, of different collections, depending on you know what the, the client was uh, happy to offer or what we were looking for. So it was absolutely everything from objects, decorative arts, to perhaps um, smaller collections of more valuable paintings of contemporary or modern art. Um, and as an intern, I mean, Everyone knows that you you kind of do everything, a little bit of everything for everyone. And this is how you get to see um, a lot of things actually, and hopefully learn and um, take it with you. So once my internship was over, I was keen to stay. You're absolutely yeah. right. I think this world fascinates in one way or another. I I think I wanted more out of, of, of this specific company or out of this job and out of everything in, in this world. So I was very keen to stay. And luckily at the time, um, 
uh, the auction house was offering a program which was called the floating program whereby you you were able to spend time in different departments um, based on necessity and based on your interest and hence kind of get an overview of, of different areas of the business that you're better suited for or you, you're keen to continue your development in. Um, and back to your point of, of my university degrees, I think I was way more suited to, to spend time in departments that um, had more to do with, with business development, with, with numbers, with analysis. Uh, and that's where my strength lied. So I do have to say that at the time, demand was much higher for uh art history job. So everyone wanted, not everyone, but the majority of candidates were keen to explore the art side of art, if you wish. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas um, with, with my background, um, I was very happy to look uh, onto the numbers side and to see you know, how does the business work? Why do we price things the way we do? How are we looking for clients? What are clients paying? And this was, of course, all the the questions I was asking myself at the time, uh, as you will become clear in the interview, things evolved since then. Um, but luckily, and thanks to, again, my uh, background in, in uh, finance and economics, I was able to um, take part in, in the department functions, such as department administrator um, and uh, helping out the business management in different departments. And that was something that um, I quite enjoyed. And after, I would like to say close to a year, but then again, it's been a while. So my timeline is a little fuzzy, but after almost a year of spending time in different departments in the company, I was offered a job in business intelligence mm -hmm. um, where I spent um, the most of my um, working years in Sotheby's. I am still part of that department. I recently changed uh, functions within but mm -hmm. i think let's move on with your questions no and then uh, so and business intelligence what does that entail it sounds very you know that you spy on your competitors or what do you do oh. in, in general no that's a that's a good question people still you know it's been so many years but um i still have friends even my family, who until this day are not really sure exactly what I do. And that's absolutely fair. I think within the context of, of the art world and the auction house, the role of um, business intelligence is not 100% aligned with what one might expect in, in a different retail company or any other um, industry to be frank. Mm -hmm. uh, so we used to do a little bit of everything. We used to do a little bit of, you know, business analysis, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of business development, a little bit of um, helping out client strategy at the time. But it, it, it was always to do with um, gathering data, analyzing uh, analyzing it, whether it was on the client side, whether it was on, on the art side, such as looking at artist trends or um, genre trends. It was always to do with... Um, how does the data help us move forward and get us to a better place in business? Um, and I will have to say from that perspective, a lot has changed in the last, uh, I mean, for me, it has been seven, but mostly in the last two, three years. So you mean since world. the private 
for a privatization of Sotheby's? You think that was a big change? Or? I mean, yeah, particularly for the company, that was a, a big change. But I have to say, in my opinion, the artwork has changed tremendously in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, given macro events such as, you know, um, COVID, but uh, there was a trend perhaps even before that that was only sped up by those events where everything was... Mm, there was a desire for everything to be more data-driven, uh, to be more digital, to be more in, in line with the rest of the world. If so I guess also right. more professionalized, not so much this person-to-person. Uh, -person. We know everyone knows each other, but since it's also bigger, it needs more professionalism to it, would you say? Absolutely. Also? Yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 I like to use this word, <laughs> which... Um, is maybe not 100% accurate, but I like to say that the art world has become more corporate. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it was always, it's, it was always about business in, in developed markets, of course, more so than anywhere else. But um, as you said, there was a lot of, and there is, of course, still is a lot of personal interaction, yes, a lot of, of mm -hmm. uh, knowing your client, a lot of connections that take time to build. And it, this will always be the case, but that is now fully supported by the capabilities of a, of a technological world that were perhaps not as uh, well integrated before as they are now. Um, yeah. And there are always two points of view. Some people will argue this is not necessary. I personally stand from a point where I can see how this is necessary in a super fast-pacing world where things are changing so fast on digital front, on technology front. And if you don't stay with the trend, the only way, the only other option is to fall behind. And no big successful business wants to fall behind. So, um, so yeah. So <laughs> this is how the art world, I believe, has become more, more connected, more structured. There is. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be able to give that much information or perhaps how the art fairs or galleries mm -hmm. work these days, but from the point of view of a, of a big business that has been on the market for more than 200 years, such as ours, uh, what we have embraced, uh, as you pointed out, mostly after uh, our takeover. So we've been private for perhaps more than two years now, I think. Uh, it has been in the right direction and uh, results only point to that. So, and, yeah. And do you think also has Brexit had an effect on sales or on the sales business? Or on the business? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. Echo. Echo. Sorry, echo. To Sorry to interrupt. But, uh, I hear myself. <laughs> oh, do you? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't hear your echo, so that's good for me. But... Well, no, just no, if just, if I hear my, I don't know. I, I just hope it's not on the recording, or else it's just me hearing myself uh, on the when we when we say yeah. So I don't know how. Because before I was because before I was Um, let me know. I can move back to the phone, but I think it was fine until now. Um, yeah, it was fine. Now we started doing this echo weird stuff. Is it, stuff. Is it, is it doing it now? Because I don't hear yeah. anything. To yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, let me just see. Let me just see. You used, uh, Harry. Hello? Do you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Do you, yeah. I know. I know. No. Still no. good. Still good. No. 
The whole thing ended. It was outside in front of the big church where we took pictures with you guys, actually, the big golden church in the center of Sofia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yes. the whole thing ended. And then she was like, hey, guys, can I ask you if you're interested to stay for a couple of minutes? Because we missed a few of the um, recordings. Mm-hmm. So okay. we would like okay. to re-record again because... And they sang a few bits and pieces of different arias again. I was like, oh, my God. So here we go. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so you think Brexit also had a, an effect on the, um, on the business it- itself? I guess so, um, but in which way maybe? Or but It's also a world, it, you know, it's already a, a global business. So I guess it doesn't have a lot of problems. But I guess now there's much more trouble importing and exporting the artworks from London to other places. I have no idea. How does that no, absolutely, absolutely. I do, I do believe that um, perhaps there was some impact uh, based on all those things you said, such as import taxes, rules, administration, administration that you need to follow, um, and and buyers and sellers were cautious for a period of time. That was the first change. So. As everything was happening, leading up to Brexit and right after, you could see there was a bit of a slow demand uh, for consignments. Um, People were not sure what to do with their property, where to sell it, because obviously um, there were a lot of uncertainties around how much money would you get, like how much would the new rules um, affect the price that you get at the end. So all these things, of course, make um, sellers and respectively buyers cautious. However, also to your point, um, London is, and to my, in my opinion, always will be um, a center for, for, for art and business and culture. And it, it is very hard to topple that. Um, the market will always be there with some s- small movements here and there, but the, the, the big clients, uh, you know, the, the, the groundbreaking trends and, and, and the really important pieces of art in one way or another will always be present and will pass through London. Uh, we did see to that point, we did see a change of volume. Perhaps our Paris office benefited a little bit from all those changes. But if you were to look for a masterpiece, if you were to look for, for a big market, for important clients or for clients who, who know their art and are collectors and with deep interest into the art scene, I wouldn't say, oh, they fled. London is no longer the place. That's not, mm-hmm. the, that's not the case. That is also perhaps, you know, what happened with the rest of the industries. There was a brief shakeup and there will perhaps be in the next couple of years, but things will definitely stabilize in one way or another because, um, you know, on this side of the pond, London uh, has always been an extremely important center for 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 everything really so um to that point and to the brexit questions oh yes i did see slight change of that and the business saw it for sure uh whereby um, some clients european clients uh chose to sell in in europe um and to that point we are also um 
opening a new office this year and we are going to have uh, auctions renewed in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are opening a uh, sale location in Cologne. And um, if I'm not wrong, I believe sales will resume later this year. So to, in my opinion, part of that decision was driven by uh, Brexit. Of course, that's not entirely true. There are many reasons perhaps associated, but I believe to better cater to 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 demand within the continent and for all those clients who choose to not uh, sell in London, we're offering an extra option in the robust and a very important uh, market for both selling and buying, and that is Germany. Um, so let's see how it goes. I'm sure that it will be uh, spectacular <laughs> when, yeah, be when things start there. Yeah, <laughs> it will be interesting, yeah. <laughs> okay, and, uh, and now uh, changing a little bit, um, uh, so you, you come from Bulgaria, from Sofia, mm-hmm. and, um, and how, you know, you've been living in London for many years and, you know, I only been to Bulgaria once and, uh, and I, you know, for what I understood, there has been also a big change in Bulgaria and there's also, you know, in Sofia is sort of, uh, how do you say, uh, exploding with lots of new things, cafes, uh, mm-hmm. galleries, and so the, it is much more dynamic than it used to be. And, you know, how do you, of course, London is a completely different beast, like you say, it's an essential part of the art market and all these things. Um, how do you feel, you know, when you go to Bulgaria and or you hear about it, um, you think it's still going on a positive direction? Is it still more things appearing? Um, and how does Absolutely. it make you feel? You know, do you, are you, you know, you happy when you go back home and you think, oh, I could come back here one day, and because there's enough now to make me feel okay, this is interesting or something like that. No, absolutely. Um, you're right in saying that things have changed over here. And I do believe that they have even changed um, the most after you visited, because I, okay. I do think it has been a few years now, but things have uh, dynamically progressed from uh, a sense of the city becoming more international. And in what regard is that? First of all, a lot of uh, Western European companies have chosen to invest in one way or another uh, in Bulgaria um, for many reasons that are not that interesting for, for being part of this interview, perhaps, but that has changed the landscape of, of, of the social scene. Now I walk around the streets of Sofia and there is, for every two uh, people who speak Bulgarian, there is one who speaks uh, foreign language, English, oh, for example. Yeah. And that's that's incredibly interesting to me. Obviously, I've been away for a long time and I, I was lucky to spend some more time here in the last year uh, due to circumstances. And I do see a positive change. There is a lot more to do, even when you talk about art. Um, I I'm, I'm I was surprised to hear all those things that are taking place. Um, there are small auctions taking place here every now and then for connoisseurs. Of course, you cannot compare the art market here to anywhere else in Western Europe for that matter, not to mention London, but for a country that started its present and <laughs> most present history only 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I believe that we are making reasonable progress in that direction. Um, uh, there are more and more people interested in art as an investment class. I can see that. Uh, There are certain people who are interested in collecting uh, international art, which is already a big step. That means they've recognized the value of art as as anything, as anything beautiful that you hold in your house, but also perhaps as an an investment as as such. Um, That also means 
that there will be more demand for, for art events. There are exhibitions going on the whole time. I actually did get an invite for a photographic exhibition of um, uh, yesterday, and these are taking place in various spaces. So you're engaging different types of audience. Perhaps this will be in a cafe, in, in, um, in a warehouse or in a gallery. Um, a lot of people from the younger generation who have studied here or abroad uh, are engaging with Bulgarian market more and more. I, I, I am aware of a, a few artists, for example, who have exhibited in Vienna or Madrid or even London, uh, but are also happy to work with galleries over here. And that to me is a great step forward. Um, there are a few gallery spaces that offer contemporary art, contemporary experiences, things you would see anywhere else um, in, in Europe. And um, one thing that I also wanted to point out here was our great pride and to me a little bit of surprise even, but I think the last time that we managed to visit Art Basel, that was perhaps before, uh, that was perhaps in 2019, mm -hmm. um, there was... Um, a Bulgarian artist present. And as you know, for all art connoisseurs, Art Basel is uh, a great event of art presentation and <laughs> gathering of, of collectors and, um, um, and you know, people who are interested in the art scene alike and um, the presence of an artist. I don't think he was represented by a Bulgarian gallery because after all, it, it takes a name uh, to be there. But, you know, to me, that was shocking and I was also at the same time so happy to know that um, a small country like us who historically hasn't had great um, experiences and great history in, in, in being artistically uh, <laughs> loving is now present at these cultural events where exposure is everything right um, and yeah and, and I, I do have to say again going back to the point that I've spent the last year here um, with my family, we were able to visit uh, a few different events, such as um, an open-air art fair in Plovdiv, which is the second biggest city in Bulgaria mm -hmm. and is traditionally being famous with being the cultural capital of, of Bulgaria. And this is indeed the case. Uh, it, it does hold a lot of our cultural heritage there, not only in terms of um, architecture, but also art. Uh, it is a great place to visit if you are interested in learning more about the history of Bulgarian uh, artists in the 19th and 20th century, but also with contemporary art. The, the open art uh, fair was in incredible. It was you exploring the old historic center, being able to visit different spaces and um, admire the works of different artists, most of whom uh, are young and also uh, presenting their works abroad. And I have to say they've taken the best of the contemporary wave and, um, and, and hopefully their professional paths and uh, personal development is on the right track. But uh, these are all things that I would never have imagined uh, perhaps 10 years ago. And now they're happening and it's uh, great to, to see them here. Yeah, that sounds great. And, um, and what are your future plans? Will you, do you think you'll stay with Sotheby's for a while or would you consider one day go back to Bulgaria and start something there since it's also growing so much or, you know, 
what what are the future plans <laughs> no absolutely wow to be honest with you um since this is going to be online i, I should perhaps stay on the vague side and say <laughs> one yeah. it's up one. to you you don't need to disclose anything you don't want to <laughs> my personal opinion is that one should always look for challenges in life and look for uh for personal development and what makes them happy i have I will only say that I have discovered more about my country in the last year. I was lucky, as I said, I was lucky enough to spend more time here. And See, there is nothing um, in life that doesn't come for a reason. So to me, this period was, apart from being hard to adjusting to a new reality, it was also a great opportunity to give me a better insight into a place that I have um, not paid attention to in the last mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. 10 plus years. So there are plenty of opportunities for people to express themselves here now. And uh, if there is a will, there is a way. So that's what I will say. I would invite anyone who's happy to explore a new um, destination in Europe. There is now plenty to do and see. And uh, if you ever happen to be here, let me know. And I will uh, definitely <laughs> okay. guide you in the right direction <laughs> if you're interested in art. Um so Eva, is there any a place you, you'd recommend that you'd like to visit, a museum, gallery, or something like that? Absolutely. I feel like uh, one of the things that I would take most advantage of now that um, I go back to London and it, it, things are still um, open and the, the conditions are uh, possible for you to visit art exhibitions and galleries, that would be one of the first thing I do. And one of the places that I find dear to my heart, and it's probably not the most hidden and secretive places when it comes to discoveries, but that is indeed the, the Royal Academy. And the reason why it's so close to my heart is because our office, as you might know, is very close to it. So every time you have a bad day or every time you have a really great desire to be by yourself and, and, and look at great art, because uh, I always find the exhibitions in the Royal Academy extremely well curated. Um, I would go there by myself um, and and just wonder, to be honest, uh, if even if there isn't anything specific on display that I, I am there to see. Uh, the space is really majestic. Um, the, the, the halls look great. And as I said, it when you don't go there over the weekends, and in my case, this would be lunchtime on a Wednesday, uh, you you spend great day, great time by yourself uh, and the art surrounding you. Um, ap apart from that, I also wanted to say, uh, as I already mentioned it, Plovdiv as a city and, and the art spaces available there is also a place that um, I find dear to, to my heart because it is in my own country, uh, but it is just a very special place. The, the, there is a lot of um, old architecture, but it carries a spirit of, you know, different times, the times that weren't necessarily focused around, you know, art and, and paintings and sculpture. But in the meantime, you see all those different uh, objects and the merge, the symbiosis between those two, um, I find extremely uh, attractive and interesting uh, yeah. for someone who uh, is also keen to to explore a new place. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the book you recommend that you might now, be reading. Um, mm -hmm. I yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now, and I was a little, reading a little bit before we this morning before we started. 
Um, I don't know if I would recommend it because it might not be for everyone, but the title of the book is uh, called Surrounded by Idiots. And it was a gift to me from a friend. So I don't know how to read that gift, to be honest. Maybe it's a message. (laughs) (laughs) But um, in short, just to explain the crazy title, in short, it is about uh, reading and understanding human behavior and how Mm -hmm. you should appreciate people's differences and reading to them rather than thinking that because someone else is different, um, that makes him an idiot. That's not the case. Maybe you are the idiot. So this is, it's just, a, it's just a funny read, and but also offering quite a few insights. In this day and age where people are not spending that much physical time with other people, I think this is a great reminder <laughs> about <True>. uh, humanity. <laughs> great, Eva. Thank you very much for the interview. Thank you, Martin, for your time um, and for speaking to me. And I hope to see you soon. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.